Well, hello, Greyfriars. It is great to be with you uh, together as church. Uh, and it's great to be with you uh, as well. Those of you who perhaps are joining us um, for the first time or, or you're new since we've moved online, it is great to welcome you uh, as well. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is John and I'm part of the team here at Greyfriars. Uh, would you grab your Bibles? We're going to uh, turn now to God's Word. Uh, and we're reading from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 17, uh, and starting at verse 20. So whether you've got uh, a Bible or a phone, uh, however it is you can access Scripture, would you grab it and turn to John 17, verse 20? And we're going to read uh, from there through to verse 26. So let's read that together. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. We're going to unpack this passage and see what it is that God wants to say to us through it. But why don't we just start now by praying together. So let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you that whenever we come to it, we can be confident that we'll hear your voice. God, thank you that you're a speaking God. Thank you that you're a present God. Thank you that as we come to you now, we can be confident that you're with us, each one of us, wherever we are, wherever we're watching or listening to this, that you will be with us by your spirit. And so we ask for just that. Would you come by your spirit and fill each one of us. Give us ears to hear what it is you want to say. And Lord, would you be with me as I speak? Would I speak words of truth and of life? And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, I received a letter a few months ago now, uh, but I uh, recently found it again while I was actually sorting this room so that I could welcome you all into it. Please don't look behind the camera. I know you can't, but don't, because that side is definitely less clean uh, than this side. But, but while I was sorting, um, I found this letter, uh, and it's a letter from uh, Gideon's, the Reading branch uh, of Gideon's. Uh, and what it says is that on the 18th of November, so I got this a while ago, uh, when they met that they were praying for me uh, and for my wife. Uh, and I'm going to be really honest, I was incredibly moved and touched uh, when I received this letter. I don't know if you've ever had something like that when you found out that someone was praying for you. Uh, but I've had that load since I got to Greyfriars. I'm really thankful for all of you who have been praying uh, for me since I, I got here. And it's moving and touching to know that someone just out of love 
and care and obedience to Jesus uh, would be praying for me and for my family um, is really a gift. And maybe you've had that, maybe you haven't. But as we read our passage that we're looking at today, it's almost as if each one of us has found a letter uh, that perhaps we've lost or hadn't turned to for some time. Because in these few verses, what we see is that Jesus himself, our Lord and Saviour, is praying for us. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for us today in the 21st century. And I think the content of this prayer is remarkable. You know, of all the things that Jesus could be praying for us, for peace, for prosperity, for safety, for joy, and I do think that he's praying for all of those things. Jesus, the Bible says, is interceding for us on the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us, but in these verses what we see is the primary thing that he's praying for us today is that you and I, that the whole church would be united. What I believe uh, that we see in these verses is that Jesus is praying not just that we would get along, but he's praying that we would be united and that our unity would have a purpose. That as we grow in love for one another, the world would be reached by the truth and the power of the gospel. And so I guess for us today in this season of isolation, the question I want to ask is how do we know the love and unity of community in Christ? In this season of of darkness and uncertainty, how do we shine the light of the gospel? Well, the answer is in Jesus's prayer for us. So let's get into this prayer. Let's read again uh, from verse 20. It says this, I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Jesus here is praying for everyone who will believe in him uh, through the apostles' message, through the gospels and, and the writings of scripture. That's, that's you and me. And he's praying that we would be one. But you'll see in these verses that he wants us to be one. He wants us to be united in a very particular way. He says, doesn't he, in, in verse 21, uh, that we would be one just as he and the Father are one, that we be united just as God is united. Uh, and God is united in a very particular way. It's a very particular kind of unity. Because I think what we often do is that when we think about unity, our minds slip into thinking about uniformity. You know, that in order to really love one another, in order to come together, in order to get along, we have to be essentially the same. We have to have the same practices and preferences, the same beliefs and behaviours. But that isn't the unity that we see modelled between the Father and the Son. Because the Father and the Son are not identical. 
they're one in being but but they're different persons their unity is not a unity of action uh, or of role but rather it's a unity of relationship it's a unity of love i uh, i was training uh, last year for a few years to to be a vicar um, and I'm really lucky that I've uh, stayed in touch with some fantastic friends that I made while I was there. And, and they're now all over the country serving in different churches and, and doing different things. Uh, but we stay in touch most days. And, and we're a very different group of people. You know, we have different uh, theological ideas. We have different preferences for what church should look like. We, we spend our free time in different ways. We, if I'm honest, we disagree a lot. If you opened up our WhatsApp, you'd see a lot of heated discussion. But I love that group of people. They're dear, dear friends. We are relationally united, even though we're not uniform in any way really in practice or preference and what we think about and how we how we approach issues we are not uniform but we are united and it's that sort of picture you'll be able to think of your own people to whom you're very different but you still love them that unity of relationship is what Jesus is praying for his church to know he's praying that we would live out that kind of love. Not that we'd all worship the same, not that we'd all have the same preferences and focuses, not even that we would think the same things. Jesus' prayer is that we would be united in love for one another, united in relationship, united as family. We talk about the church, don't we, as being a family of God. That's what Jesus wants for us. It's what he prays for us. So what does it mean for us? Well, I think this is something that many of us know how to do intrinsically. Uh, It won't be true for all of us, but many of us will have friends or or family that we, we know how to love. We've learned how to love them. Because remember, this is a unity of relationship. It's not a unity of of complex theology or structural unity or functional unity. It's the unity of family. And so what does it look like when you love your family or or your closest friends? Because Jesus is praying that we would be united like that as a church. That we'd have that sort of love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So you'll know what that looks like for you but I'd suggest that that sort of love looks like staying connected of being invested into community not just for you but for the sake of others you know when we'd much rather just tune out and and not go to the effort of being in community just consuming for ourselves and, and dialing out instead choosing to be in community that's unity of relationship that's love just like serving the needs of others, even when it's an inconvenience uh, to ourselves. <laughs> and, and what a time, what a time to be called by Jesus to love like that, to be called by Jesus to serve. If you've put yourself in Christian community, perhaps at Greyfriars, or if you want to, if you want to explore how to do that, and we've got ways that we're, we're talking about how you can do that, but if you've put yourself into Christian family, 
then in the coming weeks there will be ways for you to serve. There will be shopping that needs collection. There will be people who need help uh, using technology they've never had to use before. There will be people who just need you to be on the other end of a phone, uh, to talk and to love and to care uh, when everything just feels too much. And this sort of family love looks like forgiveness. I've heard a lot of people saying it, but I think it's true. This is a time and a season in which we need to be kind to one another. Another. So as the, the cabin fever of self-isolation hits to quickly forgive the person over FaceTime who's wound us up. Uh, because this is a stressful time and it, it will mean that we act uh, not always as our best selves. This is what love looks like. This is what it means for us to be united as Jesus prays we would be united. And Jesus is praying for us. He's praying that we would love and not just as a feeling, but as an action. And church, this is our time to act. But remember, Jesus doesn't just pray that we would be united for unity's sake. No, he's praying with a purpose that the gospel would shine out in the darkness of a broken and hurting world. Look again uh, with me at verse 23. Jesus has, been, Jesus has been praying for our unity. Uh, and then he says this. He says, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Praise that we'd be united. And then he says, then the world would know. Jesus has a very particular end in mind when he's praying for us. And if you're anything like me, his purpose is not something that you would have expected when you first read a prayer like this. Because he prays that as we love one another within the church, that the world outside the church would see the gospel. He prays and believes that somehow as we love one another, the wider world will see something attractive. He's praying that the world would know that God sent him, that, that Jesus was sent by God, that he was in fact who he said he was, that his death was indeed for our salvation, that in his rising from the grave, he did in fact win a victory for us over sin and death. And he's praying that the world would know that God loves it, that he isn't distant or capricious or disinterested. Know that, that God himself was willing to go to the grave for the sake of his love for the world. As we love one another, Jesus is praying that the world would see this. It's his expectation that our love for one another, that our unity would have this sort of result. And, and I think it makes sense. Love is attractive. Love speaks volumes. I heard a, a story recently about a church over in the States uh, that don't have their own church buildings, that they meet in schools. And that means they have to set up and pack down uh, every single week. 
and somehow they'd got connected with a, a lady in their community um, and, and she had begun to make friends within the church and she didn't want anything to do with church. She didn't want to come anywhere close to a Sunday service. She wasn't interested in the Bible, but she was interested in this community. And so she agreed to join part of their setup team. So each week she would come along and she'd help put out chairs and, and set up welcome banners and everything like that. And then when the prayer meeting before the church started, she would leave because she didn't want anything to do with it. And that continued for weeks and months until gradually, over time, uh, she would stick around for the first part of the prayer meeting. And then she'd stick around for the, the whole thing. And, and gradually she got drawn more and more into community. Long story short, she came to know Jesus. She put her faith and trust in him and is now a full part of that church community but it wasn't preaching she wouldn't go anywhere near it it wasn't alpha she wasn't interested it wasn't any of these things that we might expect to proclaim the gospel that helped her to see and understand God's love for her no it was seeing and becoming a part of a community of love uh, if you joined us uh, on Tuesday, last Tuesday, uh, for our first Greyfriars Conversations, uh, you may remember that one of the questions that we, we tried to answer and uh, began to think about uh, was how we, in this season, can be witnesses to our neighbours and our friends and our family uh, of, of God. How can we witness to the gospel? How can we show them what it is we have found that gives us hope and joy and peace? And there's lots of ways that we can do that. There's lots of ways that this is a wonderful opportunity, despite being a horrible crisis. We've got an opportunity to do that in lots of ways. But can I suggest that Jesus is telling us that one of the key ways we can witness in this time is as we love one another. As we are united as a church. Now, I'm not saying uh, that we should only love the church, of course I'm not saying that. This is a time for us to rise up and love our community. May we, as Greyfriars, be a blessing to Reading in this time. And the author clearly knows that. Throughout the Gospel of John, in what we've been reading, we see time and time again Jesus reaching out to those who don't yet know him. The New Testament uh, tells us time and time again to love uh, those uh, outside the church as well as within it but I think Jesus's call to us today through this prayer in John 17 is that we don't forget the church because he prays and he expects that as we love one another despite our diversity of of age and gender and profession and, and preference and even doctrine despite all those differences that might exist between us, as we love one another, the world will see a love that is only possible because of God's love for us. John says in one of his later letters that we love because God first loved us. And so it's with that I want to come in to land. Because love isn't always easy is it? You know, a call to unity is all well and good, but our lack of uniformity is profound. 
we are genuinely different. We genuinely disagree about things and some of them are important. I'm sure there's plenty of people who are listening to that who I wind up in various ways. You find me annoying. There's reasons for us not to get along. How then are we to love one another for the sake of the world? Well, can I suggest that this is an instance in which we can only give what we have received. And so if you're going to give love, then you need to have received love. If you're going to give a supernatural kind of love, then you need to receive a supernatural love. And coming back to our model for unity, God himself, I'm reminded of what an ancient theologian called St. Augustine said. Because he described the Holy Spirit as the bond of love that exists in the Trinity. But that bond of love, God's love is not insular. He doesn't keep it for himself. He doesn't stockpile it, but he invites others in. And if you've been journeying with us through the Gospel of John, then you might remember that a few weeks ago we looked at John 14, I think it was, uh, where Jesus says to his disciples that he's going to send them the Holy Spirit to live within them, to fill his people. And back in John 17, our, our verse for day, in, in, in verse 26, Jesus prays and asks that his love would be in us. Jesus wants to give us his love, his Holy Spirit, so that we would receive a love that we can give. And so do you want to love? Do you want to be part of a unity that is so profound within Jesus's church that the world sees and believes the gospel? If you do, then the good news is the first step isn't that you have to stir up and generate this love all by yourself, as if we could. No, the first step is to ask for God to fill you with his love, so that you have love to spare, so that as he pours in a love that, that never runs out, it would bubble up and overflow and spill out to the people around you, so that you can give it to your brothers and sisters in Christ and to a world that is hurting. And so I'd like to finish by praying that for us now. For anyone, wherever you are, whether you're sitting at home with someone else watching this on your TV screen, whether you're, you're streaming on a phone, whether you're listening some other time down the line, wherever you are, I want to pray for you if you want to be prayed for, that God would fill you with his spirit that he'd fill you with his love, but, but by his transforming and gracious power, he'd make you someone who doesn't hoard it, he doesn't hold on to it, but who allows that love to overflow into others, into the church as Jesus prays for, and into the world so that they see and believe who Jesus is and what he's done. So what, why don't we pray? I'd love to pray for you. Uh, and if you'd like me to pray for you, then wherever you are, however you'd find helpful, um, let's turn this into uh, a, a place where Jesus is with us. As I pray, even through technology, through a screen, I believe that Jesus wants to meet with each one of us. So I'm going to pray and ask his spirit to come. 
and we'll allow him to do whatever he wants to do. And then we'll worship and respond in thanks. So let's pray. Let me pray for us. And why don't we just begin by pausing and I'm going to ask for God's spirit to come and fill us. So Lord Jesus, wherever we are, uh, this is different. This is not church as we know it, but but we know that you're bigger than the constraints that we're facing. Uh, you're not surprised by this new way of us doing church. So wherever uh, my brothers and sisters who are listening to this are, God, I pray that you would come Holy Spirit. Would you fall afresh on each one of us? And as the bond of love in the Trinity, Spirit of Jesus, would you come and draw us into your love? Come, Lord Jesus. And wherever you are, let's just take a short moment to pause and receive God's Spirit afresh today. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I just think that God might be saying that for some of us, uh, it feels difficult to love because at the moment our heart is full of other things, things like fear and anxiety. Uh, and I would just like to pray for you now, um, not shaming you because of that fear, because I feel it. This is a time that anxiety is understandable, but I'd love to pray for you that Jesus's love would fill you. As we read in scripture, that his perfect love would cast out that fear. And in its place, overflowing love would take root. And so Lord Jesus, for anyone who's listening, for whom love feels difficult, where it feels difficult to look beyond our own four walls. But God, we, we want to love. Would you come and give us a love that we can't generate for ourselves, but that you give freely? Lord Jesus, help us to love, and would our love overflow into the world around us? Lord, we want to be lights in the darkness. And the light you've given us to shine is love. Draw us together in love. Make us people of active, acting love. And would the world see that you are who you say you are and would they know your love? Come, Lord Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to start to worship. But if God's meeting you where you are, don't just rush into singing. This isn't uh, just a time for Christian karaoke. It's a time to receive. If you're ready to respond, do praise, do worship. But otherwise, just allow God to speak to you. And if you're aware that you're meeting with the Lord in some way, if you're with someone, you might want to ask them to pray for you. Uh, if not, you might want to message someone and just say, look, I'm, I'm meeting with the Lord. Would you pray for me right now? Let's, let's love one another. Let's be united, gathered, even though we're scattered. And as you're ready, let's respond and worship the God of love. <laughs>